Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Distraction Pieces Podcast, episode 44. And this week I am joined by the delightful Flux Pavilion. It's a wonderful chat. I really enjoyed sitting down with this guy. He's a guy that I've known for a while and we've chatted a lot, kind of, we've worked together, we've been at shows together, done stuff together, engaged a lot on Twitter and everything, but we'd never actually really sat down and had a long conversation. So it was absolutely great to get to do that. Before we get to that, though, I should mention that you can support the podcast by going to speechdevelopmentrecords.com and, and looking around uh, the, the web store and checking out our stuff, t-shirts, all sorts of stuff. Don't tell anyone, but there's a hidden portal in the web store that you can't even access. You have to enter team3w.distractionpiecespodcast.com to get to it. Team3w is what a lot of the listeners have taken on on the name of because I start every show with welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, Yeah, there may be an advert for that later on in the podcast or in mere moments. So if that's the case, I humbly apologise. But, you know, we're drilling it home. What What is better than flagrant repetition? Um. So that's that. I hope you enjoy this. It was a lovely ch- a chat with Flux. He's an amazing dude. After this, it will have happened now because we recorded it a few weeks ago, but we did this on a Tuesday. And that weekend, he was playing in, I think, Miami, Vegas, and somewhere else. It was like Utah or something. So it's a crazy... No, Hawaii, I think it might have been. Just a crazy amount of, of jetting about. Yet, you know, he's a regular nice dude just doing his thing. So, yeah, hope you enjoy this. I'll be back at the end with a little information for you. But for now, this is Distraction Pieces Podcast, episode 44, with Flux Pavilion. This piece of fiction is the intro to Distraction I'm just going to roll straight away. I'm going to start the podcast with you, you coughing. So that's okay, yeah, it's nice. a beautiful start. Isn't it? I'm joined by Flux Pavilion. How do you want to be referred to as Flux Pavilion or Josh? Or uh, Flux is all right. Flux works for you. If I'm hearing that, kind yeah, of that element. It makes sense, doesn't it? How are yeah. you doing? Yeah, pretty good. Thank you for inviting me to your n- new <coughs> abode, which you're still settling into. But we're up yeah. in kind of the roof section, and you've. I'm, I'm glad you've made a priority of making the area that you can relax and enjoy yourself yeah well this is, this is the office yeah it's the office that doubles as a sort of a gaming den yeah kind of thing i mean that's the beauty of doing anything music or creative as a business and this might be boring for people but mm. inspirational materials are tax deductible so you know i can <coughs> yeah. claim back on computer games on yeah. films on comics it's all it's like inspirational ev- ev- material. It's like everything's tax deductible. Yeah, exactly. When your when your career like is your existence, yeah, then it's like yeah, anything that's keeping you going. Exactly, basically. anything that's inspiring you and keeping you interested, and the beauty as well. I mean, particularly as an electronic artist, I'm sure if you're grinding hard on working and in the studio, you can legitimately take a break and play computer games for a few hours. Yeah, and you know it's it's changing your mind, but it's you know it might inspire <coughs> some stuff and well, kick you off. Got to the got to the place where so my girlfriend's really into meditation, yeah. so I've kind of explored that a little bit. Amazing, but gaming for me, I realised that that was that was what meditation was. Yeah, for like even since I was a kid, it's yeah. kind of like 
losing the whole world and sort of getting into a new one. Kind yeah. of reading, but yeah, yeah, sort yeah. Of you don't have to bother with words and stuff. It's fascinating. Anything that, and it varies on gaming, but anything that can draw you in enough to make you ignore everything else, yeah. but not be too much, not taken over. Like I, I've mentioned this before on the podcast. I love gaming, and then I got into Championship Manager. <coughs> Okay, and that was yeah. a new thing. Like I'd, I'd yeah. be up till four or five a.m. I'd forget to eat. It was running really. I'd, <laughs> yeah. I'd go to sleep thinking of signings I should try and make. <laughs> yeah. so it's like it's like actually, my job isn't actually as Millwall manager. Yeah, um, yeah. I need to chill out on this. Well, but... one thing that sucks is there's no real achievement at yeah. the end. Yeah, you kind of you get there and you're like, oh yeah, oh yeah. It was just a game, it's, wasn't it? It's changed a little bit on social networking <clears throat> now because you can share and boast of your. Of, yeah. of your achievements, so at least it brings it into the real world a little bit. You can go, look, yeah. here's a screenshot of me winning the Champions League <coughs> or, you know, of me completing this game on hard level. You yeah, know, well, to get that. there's professional gamers now as well. It's one of the, on, I mean, on YouTube, it's, it's one of the biggest earners and biggest things, isn't it? The people who <coughs> earn a fortune from people watching them complete yeah. games. Well, I was with this guy in LA called Syndicate. Yeah. He's like the biggest Twitch streamer. Yeah. And he was just telling me about all this new, this new house that he's just bought. And it's like all this crazy stuff. I was like, man, I wish I could just, I should just be playing Minecraft pretty much all this time. It's the next dream, isn't it? I remember when I was growing up, the dream of, oh, imagine getting to to make computer games. How cool would that be? This is a step up from that. Imagine getting to just play computer games. Well, the dream (laughs) was... You never have to do the hard making bit. It was computer game testing, wasn't it? That was the the dream job. So you get to play them first and all that kind of thing. But now it's just being interesting at doing it kind of thing. Which is like... Yeah, but I guess that exists in music too. Yeah. There's people that... Completely. Just, they're interesting at DJing. So, doing what they do. Yeah. So it makes it engaging. What Before we get on to, obviously, the <coughs> the, the, the big topic of music, what games are you... What are your, your top games? What, um, what kind of area do you excel in or enjoy the most? Probably the Dark Souls, Bloodborne yeah. kind of series, nice. I reckon. Big fan of the fantasy style yeah. stuff. So stuff that you can get really deep into. <clears throat> yeah, I like all the like the lore and the kind of and the worlds that people build, I guess. Yeah. I find that really interesting. Just general like sci fi in general. Just yeah. kind of like when there's something that people can get super geeky about. Yeah. I always just feel like, you know, that's a really a good a good job. A job yeah. well done. Well like with Lord of the Rings, when people can literally learn a new language yeah. based on this piece of art, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like, that, that. that's fascinating to that's me. That's pretty cool. And yeah. I, I love this fact as well that <clears throat> even as creators, we, they or we will put restrictions and limitations in there. And that's a yeah. beautiful thing to go, right, I've made this world. It'd be too easy if I can just create anything. We have to have these rules and these yeah, boundaries yeah, and definitely. these things. And that's kind of... I feel that's more of the skill because kind of anyone can, can sit there and start imagining a, a weird shit. Yeah. But kind of going, right, I need to rein that in and yeah, make the, it. Actually make it work. Like yeah. make an economic structure like within the yeah. Orc kind of family. Yeah. How Stuff like that. Is that. Yeah, that's genius to and me. And it's, it's genuinely good ways of helping people. This is such a nerdy conversation to yeah. start off with, but it's genuinely good ways of helping people. You can use so many things in computer games to help people learn about important structures and things in yeah. in the real world obviously it's not a direct translation at times but there's often you know you'll get to learn that interaction that as said if you can build f- financial structures and things yeah. like that in there you're not I think learning it's, that it's in school it's interesting like with the i never played world of warcraft or anything like that yeah but it's just like it's interesting that there are dicks in that yeah. world as yeah. well as in the real world yeah and like that teaches you 
that you'd like, even though you're escaping. Yeah, there's still there's still a dick behind that gnome that you're that f- stole all your stuff. It fascinates me, man. The whole World of Warcraft <coughs> thing. I think it's it goes deep because it's odd to me because I've never played it. But in mm. reality, I've I've always had this thing that um, I was writing a story years <coughs> ago and I'm, I'm working on it still about a guy who has got a boring day to day, but a really interesting tr- dream world that oh, continues yeah. and so on. And what Considering our real world is just how we, how our eyes perceive a, a light reflecting off things. Yeah. What's to say it's any more real? Do, do, yeah, do you yeah. know what I mean? So I kind of, although I find it a bit odd, I also kind of understand if someone <coughs> can have a so much happiness and joy in their in their weird online life, then yeah, then why not? I guess so. Yeah, I never thought about it transcending into online gaming as well. Yeah, because that's the weird thing about dreams, isn't it? It's like reality is just your brain sort of dealing with information yeah so when your subconscious is giving it similar information yeah, like yeah, yeah. where's the where's the line there essentially yeah. and it's becoming cl- closer and closer anyway with <coughs> us turning our real lives into computer games yeah, essentially and with, VR. Or, or, or just with like in general our day-to-day life with twitter and facebook we're making our lives a reward-based computer game we're, we're excited like... if we get more a retweets or likes or favourites. Like life is a point-based system now. Yeah, exactly. Basically. We're turning it into that. It's, yeah. it's all, and we're all observing and we're all, all interlinked. Yeah, that is pretty insane. It's a weird world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, on, on I just want to quickly ask as well on the meditation <coughs> front, have you or your girlfriend um, tr- tried f- f- flotation tanks? Um, yeah, I have once. Because I've heard they're amazing. I've not done it yet. I keep meaning to. There's a place in, in, in <coughs> London of have told me to pop down a few times and everything i hear just the whole sensory deprivation mm. it's something that again it's so unimaginable it's or it's such a rare thing in this world because of always having our phones on us or things like that the so, fact yeah, that you can be I, switched off from everything i made the mistake of having a shave right before going in and it's salt water ah damn so, so i had to like cover cover myself up with vaseline and stuff oh, so sh- it's all like that's not fun yeah and um yeah, I don't know. I kind of, I quite like my senses and stuff. Yeah. So when they were, dep- S- when they were deprivated. Senses are interesting. I, handy. Just, I kind of felt like I was, you know, like you start to realise that your your place in the universe is actually depicted by what your senses are telling you. Yeah. So when there's nothing, I just felt like I could have been like flipping and rotating. Yeah. And floating all over the place. Yeah. So like I felt like I was floating for ages like in a certain direction right, but I knew yeah, that yeah, I yeah. knew you know that the tank was anywhere. really small but then I just put my hand out and touched the side and just had to keep doing that so basically it kept having to like earth it's interesting yeah because yeah. it's got to be I guess for <clears throat> for you know horses for courses in that s- s- sense because for me the appeal is that removing all senses yeah. and removing all distractions but equally I might get in there and find I don't like this I yeah. like I like being able to know that I exist. <laughs> yeah, I like... <laughs> that I'm actually alive and a sentient being. Yeah, I like knowing where the floor is and stuff. Yeah. Like, I didn't, I didn't realise that I liked it as much as I did. But That's yeah. That's interesting. I think things like that, I wish they were all more readily available for people to just try once and experience. <clears throat> yeah. like, I like that you've tried it and gone, shit, I don't like that. You, I you gotta know, go or, out for it. I'll do it again. Just yeah. kind of like... Because the first time you try anything, it's always yeah. sort of your your tips coming in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. But I, I don't think there's anything in it for me, really. That's fair. I kind of That's like. Fair. I get my um, 
<clears throat> I get my kicks from the actual world, I yeah. think, for now. Yeah. Once I'm done with the real world, then I'll start going into like what's not there. Flotation tanks and yeah. knocking about in darkness. Yeah. <laughs> so, in the real world, <clears throat> what was your kind of... Where did you grow up and what was your, your musical upbringing? Because what <clears throat> excites me about a lot of um, people who are making kind of cutting-edge music essentially or music that's in its in its youth mm. um is that you probably didn't grow up initially in love with the kind of music that you make and i always yeah. find that a fascinating thing of how you what route you take and what path you took <coughs> to get there well i grew up in a town called toaster yeah which is in between northampton and milton Keynes, and there's basically yeah. fuck all there i've always i've seen the sign numerous <coughs> times and never known how it's pronounced yeah because it's T-O-W-C-E-S-T-R, is it? Towchester. Yeah, so I don't know if it's Towchester, so it's Toaster, that's simple. Toaster's how it's pronounced, Brilliant, yeah. I love that. Also, um, yeah. I've learned something already. Its Latin name is Lactodorum, right. which means land of the cow. Wow. Or land of, of the milk, or something like that. Not many. Yeah. But I feel like it's, apparently it was the, um, I can't remember how long ago, but it was like the prostitution capital of the UK. Oh, wow. Because it's like right on the A5. Right. So it would be all the people travelling out from London, Going yeah. to different places, they want to stop off, have a bit of fun. Well, was, there you go. Yeah, well, it's definitely not that anymore. Yeah, I'd it's, imagine. <coughs> it, it didn't ring of that every time I've been through nah, or past it. It doesn't have that. We've got a lot of hairdressers, like too Excellent. many hairdressers, and that's basically it. And it's kind of like, yeah, this is pretty boring for me. It's The way I think back is the only choices I had were, like, be creative or be into football. Yeah. You know, that's kind of, they're the things that could... I don't know, soak up your life, really. I've, I've I've always been one for the fact that boredom is one of the greatest motivators. <clears> or <throat> it, 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 sh- it should be. I, it's it's one of the reasons I still live in the same small town I've I've lived in my whole life, because it was oh, exactly well, yeah. that. It's like, right, I've, I honestly feel the reason I've done anything I've done is because <coughs> I, I had nothing else to do. Yeah. <laughs> so, so why not? Whereas where a lot of people move certain places to be inspired... Inspiration often means you've got a lot of cool distractions, yeah. cool stuff to do. It's different, obviously, when you've already started to get those juices flowing. Get, get yeah. rolling. Yeah, I'm not sure what in that place really led me to be into music. It's kind of so I grew up. My dad, <clears throat> who was about for a first part of my life, yeah. was kind of mad into Frank Zappa and Hendrix and the With Beatles his. and Roxy Music and Stranglers and, you know, yeah. it was kind of like really out there stuff. Yeah, yeah, so I grew up birth. like... My Saturday mornings were filled up with like Frank Zappa dub room special and stuff like that. Amazing. And the kind of like him sitting me down and showing me Philip Glass, Koana Scotsy and things like this to yeah. sort of like stuff that you don't really understand when you're a kid. Yeah. I remember I read 1984 when I was 11. Yeah. And the only bit I remember is the fact that he kept putting a hair on a book. And I found it interesting that someone went through the effort to put a hair on a book. Yeah. You see, I love things <coughs> like that because it's stuff that you. Man, you wish you understood it. Yeah, and you'll 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 dive into it and keep listening and keep engaging. Yeah, and you know, kid yourself a little that you're understanding. But so much of it, you're like, I don't don't get this yeah, at all. No idea what was going on, basically. But <laughs> but music was like the thing. Yeah, like that was the thing in the house. Yeah. Sort of like that was the most important thing in the world, essentially. Sort yeah. of growing up, and then I got a little keyboard, and I used to play Beethoven's Ninth, I think it's Ninth, Ode to Joy. Oh, wow, yeah. And then I got a, a violin. I was like, this is all stuff from the tips. It's like five-pound violin, didn't really Sweet. work. But I could play Ode to Joy on it. 
And then I got a guitar. I could play out to Joy on that as well. Amazing. And was this all, <coughs> all self-taught or did you have specific yeah, lessons? Yeah, all the self-taught. It's like, brilliant. I, I, it. I expressed an interest. I really love my little keyboard. So like then my nan would get me a guitar or something like that. Yeah. And I had my own tuning. I used to sort of play it on my lap. And I had it so that if you just strummed it like open, it played a chord. I right. can't remember what that was. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. like... So I used to play like thumbed bar chords, my thumb across the whole yeah, thing. Yeah. And yeah, so I completely taught myself the everything and just kind of I expanded past Ode to Joy and started playing like theme tunes that I'd hear on TV. Amazing. And it was just this is a time where, you know, I was young enough to not actually consciously be doing it. Just kind of like wake up in the morning, put your shorts on, sort of go out for a play, get yeah. back, play Ode to Joy on a keyboard. It was just like part of daily life. Solid day. <coughs> solid day a, right yeah, there. That is a solid day. <laughs> if I had that day right now, I'd, I'd be pretty happy. But yeah, it wasn't a conscious decision to be like, I'm, I'm going to do this. This is, yeah. my, this is my thing. It was just like the only thing that I was interested in. I mean, that's, that's, that can be the best way then because it can become just your natural... If you, I, I don't know, I think... Whilst I do wish my parents had forced me to learn piano or something as a kid... Mm. I feel if they had, I probably wouldn't be into it. So it's yeah. kind of that, that that's a, a beautiful situation of just <clears throat> having that natural, right, I'll figure this out and building from there rather than a strict teacher or structure or anything I feel else. like it's one thing that <clears throat> is kind of, I do see now like people getting into music with the end goal. Like they've got yeah. an end goal. Yeah, I didn't. There was no end goal. The end goal was playing Ode to, Ode Joy, to Joy and then going and getting my lunch and stuff. Like you, there was... you nailed the end goal on a daily basis. Well, yeah, that was it. Like that, <laughs> that was all I was going for, yeah. was just to, in that moment, be doing that thing, enjoy that. Yeah. Bored with that now. And then that just expanded and slowly became more and more of my life. Do you remember any of the... Th- a theme tunes you uh, initially went for? <clears throat> I was Coronation Street. Coronation one of the ones. Street. Yeah. Gold. I remember that. I, I always think if, if if you can play piano and you can't, and you've never played the Cheers, <coughs> a Cheers theme tune, it's a okay, waste yeah. of skill. It's a waste of skill. Yeah. I used to know people who were amazing on piano. I'd be like, can you play Cheers? I never have. It's like, well, I've got nothing to say to you. <laughs> yeah, well, what's, the, what's the point <laughs> what's of you? What's the point? Come yeah. on. Well, yeah, I, used to, I was quite... Um, it's quite ghetto. Like, yeah. sort of grew up with not much money and stuff. So yeah. it's like, uh, when I had a guitar, if I snapped a string, like, I, I didn't get another string. Adapted but, to Yeah, I adapted to that string. for a couple of years yeah. until when I met someone, I was like, ah, you can have this one. Have a string. So was, I remember there was a, re- a recording I did of me playing yesterday. Yeah. Um, I think it was yesterday. It was, yeah, one a Beatles classic. I'd yeah. learned how to play the melody on a single string. Yeah. So I didn't know how to go to any of the other strings, so I'd just go all the way up and down. All the way up and down, that's amazing. But it couldn't go low enough, so I used to hum the low note. Brilliant. So it'd be like, do 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 bo do do And I had this recording of it. My brother like, reminded me of it the other day. That's amazing. And that was, fu- like, it's just funny that that was fine to me. Yeah. I was just like, I was like, look, everyone, I've recorded... Yesterday, and like, oh, what about why didn't you play that note? Oh, I did, I did, I just, just, did just it sung it. Voice. Instead, it was like, yeah, I said, that's no real be, rules there. That's got to be a good, a good mindset. That's got to <coughs> sort of set you up well for, 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 for your career. That kind of idea of no, of no boundaries and no, no, no well, rules no, or restrictions. No, just, right, well, no right or wrong. I was yeah. like, well, that sounds all right. So yeah, there you go. That goes. That's, that's, I always remember yeah. seeing. A Gideon Con once, and he was he was just playing a song, acoustic guitar, 
and he did a trumpet solo in the middle, but just with his voice. Oh, right, yeah. And it, if... if uh, once you stopped sniggering at how silly it was, a guy yeah. going... Bah, 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 it was amazing, because it sounded <coughs> perfect in that moment. Oh, right, it's like, yeah. I love stuff like that. Well, it's kind of like innovation. As I sort of been plagued by the word innovation. Yeah. So I wrote, wrote a few tracks that were like innovative to a sense. And then it was like, Oh, come on. Like you're an innovator. Yeah. And I'm like, well, how do I, how do you possibly innovate? Like, how is that a thing that you can just wake up in the morning yeah. and be like, right. I'm going to do Come something to brand a, new. We'll do an hour of innovating. Yeah. And then an hour of doing the old and stuff. A fish finger sandwich. Then, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Then pop my shorts on and play, play out to joy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so I think about it quite a lot. Sort of like, well, I did while well, the process of like writing the new album. Mm. I was just like, well, how, like, how do I achieve that if I've achieved it before? I kind of just thought, you know what, you just play by your own rules, your, yeah. completely your own rules, and just do that, do that completely. And really, you're you're just one person, aren't you? Like, there's not yeah. another one of you if yeah. you if you're lucky. Yeah, there might be another one somewhere, but yeah. yeah. As far as I'm concerned, there's not another one of I mean, me. I think you, so you, you had a similar um, kind of great setup to be able to have that that, <coughs> that, that mindset. As similar to me and, and Dan Lassac, when we first came out with Thou Shout, that was the first thing we'd written together. Yeah. And we, gave, and we paid no... Because of that, that whole album, we paid no mind to what any any other people would think. We didn't yeah. think anyone would hear it. It's like, but that worked. So then when the... The second and third albums came around rather than thinking oh there's there's pressure we kind of had the confidence <coughs> in a way to go well we'll, we'll just write let's do our we've thing. done that before that's <coughs> what happened it's not like we had years and years and mm. then we refined it and that was what worked it was like well no we just just do our thing and and again a, a your rise seemed it's, hugely it's, quick and well, it's kind of it's kind of like innovation only exists outside of like your own creativity yeah it's kind of like you can't innovate you can't do something new because like nothing's going to be new to you then nothing's going to be good enough yeah because you've only got the sounds that are in your head essentially when you're creating sure so if you're trying to innovate you're trying to create sounds that aren't in your head Mm -hmm. and that's it's it's impossible it's impossible to do it well anyway yeah so it's kind of innovation to me is just if me being myself and then the rest of the world goes, ah, I never thought of that before. Yeah. But I'd thought of it loads, exactly kind of thing. That. Your, the, the innovation is, isn't something that you've done this morning when you've got up to work. It's the whole it's, life you've had of this being, music coming in and that yeah. music coming in and humming the bass note on the Beatles song and things like that. Yeah. All of that. It's just being a person. Yeah. Everyone's an innovator in that respect. Yeah. And all you've got to do is just allow yourself to be like completely yourself creatively and try not to sort of try and imitate anyone else or try and impress anyone else yeah. and try and show off that oh look I can do this too just do the one thing that you want to do and make the music's in your head yeah, and that's exactly. what innovation is I think so, so when did you first start consciously making music as a <coughs> as a as, as a thing that you wanted to do do you know what I mean as a release as a thing you yeah. wanted to, to put out because obviously if you're initially playing things you've heard before yeah then that's one thing but, but, but then to start going right i want to create my, my own it's my first band it's with dr p yeah it was called flux pavilion for a day and then right. we called it gulip right and it was um me playing guitar dr p playing drums and our mate mark playing bass awesome. and we played like system of a down and sort of rage against the machine covers yeah we were just basically 
we could all play instruments. So we're like, cool, let's make a band. That's, that's that, a band then. And that was it. Yeah. And then I just thought, you know what, I should, I want to write some songs. Yeah. And <clears throat> yeah, and then, so I just started writing songs. They're all just literally like three power chords. I had song, my first one was called Explanation, which is, that's why I was like, a, I think I was about 14 at the time, trying to write like really deep lyrics and stuff. And then I wrote a, yep. I wrote a trio of songs. And one of it was called Henrietta and the Magic Bean. Amazing. And then the second one was called Bane, which was, it was a, a follow-on from Henrietta and the Magic Bean. And I used to shout in it. I used to shout Bean, but I couldn't shout Bean effectively, so I, shout, so I had to shout Bane. Right. So that became that song. That's I can't fair. remember the third one. I, can't, I knew that it was a trio. I was really proud of myself. I that, love it. That I'd written like a, like a story. I love the kind of <clears throat> the musical arts of these these things. I've often had people ask, like, oh, so when did you start writing poetry? It's like, that's some damn subjective shit. You know, yeah. a lot of people would say, I haven't written any any poetry yet. Yeah. And, you know, if, you, if I think of all the songs in old punk bands and stuff like that, that at the time I was like, I want to write a punk a lyric, but the stuff I was into was all quite emotional, all quite relationship stuff. It's like, yeah, a lot of that I could probably do now in a different cadence and yeah. be like, new poem, guys. <laughs> it's like, no, it's just it? some teenage angst. I moved on to a thing called Josh Extravaganza. Amazing. Which is where, yeah, classic, classic stuff. Oh, what a name. So I, I moved on to the idea that I wanted to play every instrument myself. Yeah. So I basically... It wouldn't be an extravaganza otherwise. Yeah. I'd question it. But, that, but I didn't have a... I didn't have a, like a drum kit or a bass yeah. guitar or anything. And that was the step into electronic music. That's cool. when I was like, I can make a drum beat out of this little drum machine thing that I've got yeah. on Reason. And that ended up being, yeah, just kind of wrote. So this is when I was about 15. And I, it's when I, I kissed my first girl. And I wrote a whole album all about that one, <laughs> that one situation. <laughs> all the things that Hell I felt. Hell of a kiss. Hell of a kiss. It was, Yeah. <laughs> And that was, yeah, that's when I started writing electronic stuff because it's sort of like I'd play my guitar and then, like, create some crappy drum beats. Sometimes I'd nick poems off Deviant Arts and they were, they were my vocals. Brilliant. And then I just thought, oh, I don't need my guitar, actually. I can sort of make loads of loops and stuff and start building them together. Yeah. And then, yeah, writing songs that way. That's awesome. And that I, was, yeah, that was the start of... I, that was Josh's electronic stuff again to that yeah. album. Yeah. I, I love the fact that... So much, um, or so many people in the electronic world start off because of a lack of drummers or a hate of drummers, or <clears> yeah. like, I don't need these people around me, I'm sick of this, and, you know, as a means to an end <coughs> rather than necessarily a yeah. this is the perfect solution or option. It's like, well, I, I'd rather be doing this than dealing with this guy for, or not. For me, it was just a, like a lack of like because i i i was kind of like a hand-me-down kid i had all like the the secondary stuff so like yeah. my computer was made up of the working parts of my brother's computer which was made up Amazing. of the working parts of my dad's computer so i was like a real f- <laughs> frankenstein computer yeah to start things I, I was with. dealing with what what i got like i wasn't getting anything new yeah if, if my hard drive broke i had to wait for my dad to get a new hard drive, for my brother to get a new one, so I could have his one, basically. <laughs> yeah, so it also so, so it wasn't like trickle down. It wasn't a, like a oh man, no, I'm going to do this without drummers. You know, I'm going to do it. I was just like, I this is the only way that I've cobbled together how to actually write music that I want to yeah. write. Basically, that was kind of the whole process. 
I used to record my electric guitar. Like, I don't know why I didn't, I didn't have an amp. So I had an electric guitar, and I used to sellotape one of those really crappy, thin, like, computer microphones. Remember the yep. white ones you'd yeah, have on a headset? Yeah, 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 headset. I sellotape that to my guitar. Brilliant. And then play really hard, and then record that. So it was, it was like 80% clicking, yeah. and 20% you could actually hear the notes hear the of the guitar. Notes. How much do was, you... How, how much effort do you have to put in now to try and recreate such b- basic ludicrousness as, um, as, as you would then? That's the beauty of starting off with such a, a restrictions that it can be tough when the restrictions are taken away because it's like, <clears throat> all right, I suddenly know too much in a way. I need to go back to just Well, I had, sloppiness. I had a session um, with a couple of rappers sort of, yeah, working on their album and because we just moved into a new place, I was like, oh, right, I need to set up this session. So I found out that in my hallway was the best place to record the vocals. Brilliant. And that's sort of like, I had no, well, I had no means to actually do that. Yeah. So I had to sort of like make, break a little hole in my studio window, put, put all the leads through and then staple old jackets to the walls <laughs> to, to stop it from bouncing <laughs> around so it. much. And I had to put all the, yeah, the monitor headphones had to go through a guitar pedal and then extend out the headphones from there because I had no... I didn't have, like, a DI box or anything. Yeah. The guitar pedal was the only way I could work out how to get a signal into something and then back out again back to out reach, again. basically. I love it. So, yeah, still now it's exactly the same. Still no difference. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, whatsoever. And that's a beautiful thing. Um, I mean, we'll get on to... this. There's tons we're going to get on to, but I remember when you, uh, we were talking about working on Gold Teeth, um, mm. I remember Dan being quite nervous because I think every producer is kind of winging it a bit and is self-taught a bit. So I know there was a point, obviously it worked great, but I know there was a point where it was like, I've not really worked with someone before in this way and I don't want to kind of expose any, any, any weaknesses, but it's like, well, that's, everyone has done that and kind of, and made their own, own route. You just need to to own it. I flaunt my weaknesses. Yeah, exactly. You need to own it. I'm like... Which again, in the end, he did, and it was it turned out great. But yeah, with all my tracks, it's like <clears throat> the sort of the power, the power phase that I had with tracks I got to know, Gold Dust remix, Cracks, I Can't Stop. Yeah, that was all I was trying to make, you know, dubstep stuff. Yeah. But I didn't know how to make any of the sounds that anyone made. Yeah. I was like, how do they make them not sound like shit? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, but I know how to use chords and stuff. So yeah. if I if I use loads of different crap sounds together with different notes, then it creates the illusion of one good sound yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. That's why no one else has ever worked out how to really do my sound. Yeah. Because it's not good. Like, it's, it, it shouldn't yeah. work. But by cobbling it together and by just sort of, you know, cutting this corner, yeah. maybe putting that EQ on, like, ridiculously hot, like, yeah. doing all these weird things that a producer shouldn't do. That's where my sound came from. It's um, exactly um, the same as playing Ode to Joy. Yeah. Or like humming that guitar note. I remember kind of hearing um, a, a Tom Morello of Rage Against Machine on the Nerdist podcast mm. was saying a very similar that his iconic sound, that was the only amp and guitar he could afford at the time. Oh, well, he yeah. tried to get better. So he literally, he made them sound as good as he could and then just, just <clears throat> I went with it. Yeah. And now for years, people have tried to recreate his sound. I've tried to copy this. It's like, yeah. that wasn't my choice. That was just that was just all I had. That's all I could do. That's and all I was ca- capable of. And you adapt with that and yeah. you become really good at that. Yeah. And that's, there's the innovation there. If you know have I mean. you been on, 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 on the programmes you use? Because I think with <clears throat> producers, I think one of the best 
and again, I'm not a producer, but I've always felt as an outsider, one of the best bits of advice is just forget about the constant upgrades and changes. Get really good at what you've got oh, well, and yeah. learn it inside and out. But is, is that something that you've done or have you <coughs> yeah. chopped and changed a lot? Or So I'm a, I'm a Cubase guy. Yeah. So I had Cubase SX1, I think it was. Yeah. And that was all I had. That, that was the only one that worked. Yeah. Windows 98. Yeah. And I think brilliant. it was XP. I got XP and SX1. And that Fancy. was me. Yeah, that was me for ages until now. Now I'm in the process of upgrading and stuff because I know the ins and outs of the software so much yeah. that when you, you, I'm just kind of like the two updates are yeah. just like little bonuses to me yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I don't yeah. have to learn the whole program again. Yeah. It's all because I already know it kind of thing. Yeah, so that's that's quite nice. That's kind of the the beauty of it. If you've got one that you're so entrenched in, otherwise you can spend a year learning of this new program before yeah. you're actually using it properly and getting the well, most out of it. It's like the right? classic tale of people just spend all their time building their studio, yeah. but then they just never use it. Yeah. It's kind yeah, of, yeah, I know yeah, so yeah, many yeah. people that are just like, oh, I just bought this. I'm like, oh, cool, what have you written? They're like, oh, no, so I'm waiting. I just for, need to get this now. I'm waiting then... for my pop shield. Yeah. Like, are oh, you recording vocals? Like, nah, I'll just, you know, just get I, need, in the I need the that... pop shield. Yeah. I was like, yeah. Just start working on it, I had man. a coat hanger and some tights. Yeah. And that was me for, yeah. I think I still use that at uni. So on a whole bunch of the tracks that released, I just like I with some tights. Yeah. All, all my Did original of, of, of vocals I had. I don't know, it, it confuses me now as to why I had three mattresses in my bedroom, but mm. I had three mattresses that I would sleep on and then when I needed to record, I'd stand up in it. a bit of a square and put a towel over the top. Yeah. I used to tape. I've got a... I posted a picture of it the other day. I'd tape use gaffer tape to tape a microphone onto a stepladder yeah. because I didn't have a mic stand. And then exactly th- th- that kind yeah. of thing of going, right, that'll do, that works. It's like that you deal with it. People are like, how did you get that <laughs> That kind of like <coughs> away from the mic sound? Like, yeah. oh yeah, I was away from the mic. It was taped to a yeah. stepladder and I yeah. couldn't reach it, basically. Yeah, that's, that's how I achieved that. <coughs> yeah. Technical, by... amazing. Yeah it's, yeah, it's interesting. So, I mean, as you went on, I'm going to, I bring some competition into it now. Who, okay, yeah. who started off a first between you and Doctor P? Who, 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 oh, he, who can we see as the one that he, he's was like, my like? He's my inspiration and my teacher wicked. over all of this. So he's yeah. like three years older than me, and that means a lot. Like when I was fourteen and we were working together, he was what was it seventeen? Yeah. So he was like a you know he'd been doing it for a while. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I used yeah. to go around to his while he made drum and bass and just sit and watch and just be like, Amazing. wow, just learn. Yeah, <clears throat> still now, when I kind of like, he basically, he upgrade when you upgrade your software every year, yeah. he upgrades me with tips. Brilliant. So sort of we're getting around for a day, I'm like, right, what what new what new things have you learned that I can steal I now? It. And that's what it's always been like. He's kind of... That's awesome, man. Yeah, he's he's like the genius to me. So, so, so you quite early on, you are with Dr. P, you, you, you formed Circus Records. Um, was that... Uh, <clears throat> conscious um or was that a functional thing essentially to go right we want to put music out now we're Um, a label or was it a conscious thing of we don't want to engage in in the industry as such at this point it was basically i was releasing every track that i wrote yeah i was in that phase of my career where you write five tracks you sign five tracks that kind of thing 
And I done there's a track of his when he was doing drum and bass under Picto called Streets of Rage. Yeah. But I always loved the sounds in it. So it was like, can I do a, a remix of it? Gave me all the parts, made the remix, and I was like, right, we have to release this now. But it was owned by the label was on maximum boost right so i was just kept pushing him just like come on get him to release it mm. and they just their drum bass label it's like didn't what do you want to put it out and he said that yeah it was owned by a guy called simon swan like dj swanee is his name he said well swanee wants to meet you and talk about talk about the track i was like cool they're finally gonna release Sweet. it went round to his for a coffee and then he just sat and said right thinking maybe because you know about dubstep and i know about labels and stuff maybe let's start a new label yeah. um and put out some dubstep and i was just like yes i can finally release the remix yeah. me and dr p made a track in about three hours to be the a-side and that was it that's that was amazing. that was the achievement i was like yes the remix has been released now yeah that's done right on to more tracks i love that you made the the first a-side release just basically as something to carry the remix. Yeah. It's like, we need something to put this as a B-side on. Yeah, it <laughs> had to be wicked. a B-side as well for some yeah. reason. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. And that was it. And then, you know, it sort of slowly dawned on, it dawned on me that I didn't have to keep hunting for labels to release my stuff yeah. anymore. Like, I I still did. I still, like, tried to get put on bigger labels. Mm-hmm. So I'd still be, like, noising up Casper to get a dub release record and stuff yeah. like that. And... But it, I don't know, it was like a weight off my shoulders all of a sudden that if no one liked the track, then maybe that doesn't mean that it's a bad track. Yeah. Maybe it just means that, like, no one else likes it, but it's I like for them. it. That's it. If, if no one, yeah. It's no bad thing if people don't see what you Your see vision, in an in, yeah. individual track. I've always been kind of adamant on, you know, I'm never offended people aren't into my shit it's like yeah. well, i'm not into all music and it's i've not made anything that i see as sh- sh- should appeal to everyone that doesn't mean we can't be friends yeah, <laughs> yeah that doesn't mean we and can't got, get on and enjoy each other the one thing i do like about it the kind of other people's opinion is because it makes you really ask the question is this good yeah it's kind of like you know at times where you're like no this is the best thing i've ever done and no one likes it and you're kind of like okay I need to decide whether this is actually the best thing I've ever done yeah. or not because because I'm putting my balls on the line yeah. here. I feel like that's a really important thing. It's kind of like self-censorship. Sometimes you can get a little bit lost in an idea and be like, this is it. Completely. This is the when it's, you're the artist and you're the label and all this kind of thing, I'd imagine there's a lot of that where you can just be well, this is great. I've just, yeah. I've spent all day thinking this yeah. is great. So it's great. <clears throat> it must be the next thing. This is yeah. going to change everything. Yeah. So it's good to, it's good to have like that sort of support base, but that like, that's what Circus became as well. Yeah. I was going to say, do you bounce a lot of stuff yeah. off everyone at Like with the new record, basically I made a, a conscious effort or decision, I suppose, to make it for all of us right. like make a record that first and foremost i believe in but i wanted my manager and my agent and p and all those guys to believe in it too yeah because there's been a few things you know where it's kind of like where you know we never really butt heads yeah but someone's like you know what i don't really get it kind of thing yeah and it always i'm always like 
oh, that makes me feel a bit nervous kind it sucks. of thing. It sucks. Um, like? I, I think people have a misperception. I mean, I, the example I always kind of I notice is when someone hits me up, up for a gig and I'm like, oh, here's my agent's details. And they think you're kind of being a dick. It's like, well, no, my agent yeah. was one of the first people to show belief and faith in me. Yeah. I think he's awesome. You know, I, I wouldn't yeah, want to do anything without him. It's not me being, I'll talk to my agent. It's like, he knows what's best. So yeah. I trust his opinion. So it's the same when people think of you having a management team or a label or A&R or any of these, it's like, it depends who they are. If they're, if, if that's essentially you getting the opinion of your friends, well, it's, then it's, that's completely... It's your family, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Kind of so people you end up spending more time with than yeah. the, uh, than your family at many times because that's and they, the work and they, relationship. Yeah, they know you kind of thing. Yeah. And they take they take on the... As I <clears throat> sort of like... I look at Flux Pavilion now that it's not just me. Like awesome. I, I'm, the, I'm the creative director yeah. of Flux Pavilion. The CEO, like the yeah. owner. But all these other people like my manager you know he's working his ass off like yeah. he does we've worked with a label as well there's like 10 11 hour days yeah and that's all just so that this music that i'm writing and peas and all the people we've signed can can be heard by as many people as possible it's, and be loved and it's kind of like you know that's a that's that's a lot of work to put in for someone yeah. who you know it's who people can just write off yeah, as being unimportant, consider, yeah. is just as important. And my agent, who's putting me on all those stages, yeah, and has like basically from the ground up built my career and built my whole kind of live show and yeah. stuff. And yeah, all those people, they're just as important as I am in Completely. creating. I think it's such a thing. weird thing that people don't realise, and people start in the industry and they're like, <clears throat> I don't want to give my agent 20% or whatever, or my manager 20%. It's all like, well, no, you don't realise. I'm like, take it. Yeah, yeah. You've earned it, dude. Yeah, you're damn right. I think it's an interesting thing as well that people don't realise how um, intricate and delicate those relationships can be. You think of someone like Liam Howlett, who I know you're you're very familiar with as well, Um, and he's obviously a pioneer and Mm. an innovator for years, but he's another person who will work with a lot of people and it'll be right, bringing yeah. in the right people, getting the right influences and the right help from all over the place. <clears throat> and that isn't a negative thing. That's 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 what m- makes him so great is that he's happy to go, right, yeah. oh, what do you think? And, and can you help on this? I'm liking that <clears throat> sound. I'm liking that. So I just did a, a couple of talks with Steve Aoki. Yeah. Who is not necessarily, he's not necessarily in line with my kind of like creative ideals. Yeah. I have loads of respect for him and what he does because i we're in the entertainment business yep, sure. and i love seeing people take that in different directions yeah it's not me i'm a, I'm a studio guy like yeah. i'm there in the studio yeah kind of thing but that doesn't take away from the worth of what he does it's just it's a completely different world it's completely it's a show isn't it essentially yeah. but i see online, i mean you think of him and you think of diplo and, and <clears throat> numerous others who have have turned it into so just, much of a, this a, is a... They're just doing a different thing. You yeah. can't hate on someone doing a different thing. Completely. That's just... That's it doesn't matter that. if it's not to your taste. Again, yeah. as we were saying before, that's not... That shouldn't be the be-all and end-all. <clears throat> so I see online, we did a dubstep track together, and, you know, it sounds like a Flux record. Mm. And all the comments are like, ah, oh, this is just Flux, it's not Steve Aoki. And I, I see that, and I just think, without... Steve, without his input, without the parts that he put in, that track would not exist. Mm. And that's a collaboration there. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter all the, like, if someone's done 1%, if someone's 99%. Yeah. If that 1% was the catalyst 
for your 99%. It wouldn't exist otherwise. Yeah, and that's like all the people you have around you as well. It's like, yeah. it's kind of, it's all a really important thing. It's quite, it's like a, <clears throat> it's a world, isn't it? Like you need yeah. all the different cogs of all different sizes to make something happen. Yeah. Completely. So it's kind of like, it makes me a little bit sad when I see that, I guess. Yeah. Because I'm sort of and like... people don't realise how... Like, poor old Steve. I'm like, he came up with the chords. And like, without those chords, I would never have written the rest of the track. Yeah. Like, and again, I love... I, I always tend to, to, to lean towards <clears throat> people like Miles Davis. Yeah. It's like, Miles Davis is undoubtedly a genius. He wasn't playing every instrument there. He yeah. was putting this together. He was putting amazing people together in a room. Yeah. Well, exactly and like Frank Zappa. Yeah, That's yeah. what Frank Zappa did. Exactly. So it's it, he was the catalyst and making all of this happen. Mm. Therefore, it doesn't really matter who... I don't know. You, you don't need to break it down to 1%, 2%, 3%, 4%. It's, it's like it's input. not about that for us. Yeah. It tends to be some of the kind of the music lovers community that yeah. it becomes about that. They rip it apart. Yeah, but it's, just, really it's interesting it to note to those people that we don't care about that kind yeah, of stuff. Completely. Like, yeah. So in that case, so when I mean, <clears throat> I remember the first track that I heard that was bl- 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 blowing up like crazy was a bass cannon. Oh yeah. And Radio One were loving it, and Eddie Temple Morris in particular was the one that that kept playing it to me and was like, oh, "This but... is this is the shit kind of thing." So yeah. Um, so how was that to suddenly then have to deal with the 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 community or the fan base and people? Charming as suddenly having that exposure and people mm. are commenting, I guess, and, and having their own opinions. Um, I don't know, actually. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's weird, kind of like it? yeah. kind of just it is all sort of thrown into it. I one thing I remember that I found really funny was I made it, was playing it out. It was kind of like a, just it was an intro to my set. Yeah, but it's, that's why I made it. Yeah, I was playing after it was like dubstep was still quite headsy quite yep. sort of gangster a lot of G's about yep, yep, yep. and I definitely am not that Yeah. so it was kind of like this is going to happen for the next hour Yeah. now they just, hear bass cannons so if you don't like it then so leave you know, and a lot yeah. of people did leave they were awesome. like well we're not having this Yeah. but I was like cool you're, you're, my, you're my crew now yeah. whoever's left basically and it got a lot of love for you know being like quite punk right, and quite yeah, out yeah. there as an idea and then as soon as it started getting played on radio I started getting stick. People were like, oh, you've sold out. You've sold out now with the Space Cannon track. And I'm like, well, it's an ident- it's identical. The piece of music that yeah. you're commenting on is absolutely identical. Once it was played in Fabric, yeah. now it's been played on Radio 1. The actual music and the ideas and what it stands for hasn't changed whatsoever. So that's bullshit. It's basically. such a nonsense, isn't it? Yeah, that people so, get, <clears throat> get, get hung up on that. I always remember chatting to um, Saul Williams years ago in Texas and he had one line that just killed me because again I see him as very much an underground artist and all this kind of thing as mm. a real stickler and he just said I have no loyalty to, to, to the underground Yeah, and that was just perfect he's like I make what I make and if you're making anything that you're you're finishing <coughs> the day hyped about you should yeah. want as many people to hear it as possible yeah, it's different so. it's different if the if the hope of getting on radio one is changing what you're writing or what you're making. But yeah, yeah. if you're just doing your thing and that happens to become popular because you're really fucking good at doing your thing, then yeah, exactly. that it's shouldn't like, be something that's it was, sh- shit on, essentially. So I was quite lucky to have that sort of polarising experience yeah. right at the start because it made me just not care. I was like, okay. Yeah. So this whole kind of 
generalized public opinion thing. Yeah. It doesn't actually affect well, it's, firstly, I shouldn't let it affect my creative process. Yeah. But then also, I've done nothing whatsoever and opinion on this piece of music has changed. Yeah. So, like, if that's going to happen without my actions, then, like, how do I... I, ca- I can never counter-attack that. You, you, know, you can never control that. It's... You can never control that, so just let it happen. You know, yeah. it's chaos, isn't it? You just sort of... Yeah. You let it exist and there's, keep doing your there's thing. There's certain people that if, if it's embraced by... You know, you could list a million and, and names here because it's all subjective. Is if it's embraced by a certain radio personality, if they happen to like it, yeah, it could. It, if they hadn't liked it, that <clears throat> might have been their favourite song ever. Yeah, but because someone else has endorsed it, they're like, "No, I hate it." It's like, yeah, I'm dude, like, just relax and enjoy music. I can't be doing with that. Enjoy your music, so yeah. it doesn't matter. I did a post on Facebook a while ago. It was last year. About, um, like, haters. Yeah. Sort of addressing the classic hater addressing post. Yeah. But it's more of around the interesting point of, I posted up a track, and in 10 seconds, 10 seconds after posting it, it was someone was like, yes, best track ever. And another person had posted, like, five seconds later, this is shit. Yeah. And, like, you can't have listened You've to it all. Time to like, you to actually... It. It's not like you haven't had time to soak it up, give yourself a week with it. I'm like, you physically haven't listened to the, even like up to the drop section or whatever. So it's like, how, how could you possibly... They would just love to have a a quick opinion. I I had exactly the same this morning. I I, I did, I've done an article for the UFC website um, and they posted it this morning and the first two comments, before you've had time to read it, are saying, why the fuck is some, some rapper... Giving yeah. his opinion on on MMA, and it's like that's fine, but have a read of it first, yeah, and then let me know if if, if you read it and think I'm wrong or ignorant or whatever. That's cool. I that's happen cool. to have been st- studying the sport for ten years and all this kind of thing, but it's cool. But at least read it. At least <coughs> give it the respect like, of like, reading don't be it or a listening. Hater. Yeah, it's like properly. really soak it up and work out every little bit you hate. Yeah, and then get that out. Yeah. But in, in the exact same breath, don't be a half-assed lover. Like, yep. don't just love something for like for the sake of it. Because then, yeah, if you're just saying this is the greatest thing ever, this is the greatest thing ever to everything, yeah. then generally a lot of the creative industry will read that and go, oh, oh, they like this, and you're going to spawn more of that. You'll spawn a lot yeah. more kind yeah. of like. I and don't know. Not mi- mindless interaction breeds, you know, mindless creativity. I think, yeah. and that's whether it's hate, whether it's love, whatever it is, it's yeah. kind of like it's one of the well, one of the problems with social media, isn't it? It's kind of like it's a platform to get music out there, but it's also a platform to get feedback. Yep. Whereas I feel like, but there's a tipping point. There's a tipping point when you it, <clears throat> when you're starting off. Are those following you? Are following you because they're genuinely into it yeah i don't know and there's there's no that they feel they can comment and connect whereas i think it kills me when you see people like ed sheeran i, I don't know why he comes to mind he, he used to be in the scene i was in then he's got stupidly big and people love to hate him and loved uh, to love him but yeah it, he could do a tweet or post that will be really personal <clears throat> or emotional or talking about something political anything and the first 20 replies will be uh, please f- uh, follow me. Yeah. Fo- and, and they won't re- even yeah. acknowledge what has previously been said. And I find that the most mind-boggling and offensive thing, even though they're doing it because of a love or an obsession. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like, you're not acknowledging the words I've written here. You're saying, oh, fuck that. 
uh, can you follow me? Yeah. And it's bizarre. It's kind of like, so I have made the separation now to I get my feedback at shows. Yeah. Because I'm like, this is principally how my music is meant to be enjoyed. Yeah, sure. Kind of like, obviously there's many dimensions to it, but if it's a, a slamming, like dubstep track, or just a big, like a classic house banger, it's meant to be enjoyed in in that kind of environment. So that's what I study. If yeah. I'm looking for feedback, yeah, I yeah, actually yeah. read people's body language and their kind of their, their primal instinct. Cause I'm just like, if I'm, cause obviously feedback's a great thing, but you know, reading, reading online comments and stuff like that. Sometimes it's like <clears throat> someone could just be having a shitty day. Yeah, exactly. And just write, oh, fuck you. And they don't even care who it is. Yeah. But if you're going to start taking that stuff to heart, you could be adapting your creative process just off like six letters that someone's written and they didn't even think about it. Yeah. And it's like, and again, I think you've nailed it on highlighting that it works both ways as well. You mm-hmm. can't just take that praise because yeah, yeah, it doesn't, it, 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 you don't know how that, how considered that was. I think the real luck is if you can have people around you, which it, it sounds like you do, who can be honest with you yeah. and be like, I'm not feeling that. Even <coughs> it's great that it's to the extent that at points, as you were saying, you've had them be, you know, we'll do this. Yeah. I'm, I'm not getting it. But, but we'll do it. Let's so crack, it's, it's let's crack on. Yeah. So it's, it's not just because again, it can be equally bad when someone feels they n- need to have an opinion. Yeah, I, I need to give some negative <coughs> f- a, a feedback to to sh- to, sh- to show a valid opinion. It's yeah, like, well, definitely. That's not always helpful. Yeah, it's a it's a strange thing, kind of like social comment. Yeah, on your existence. Yeah, but it's like, yeah, like it goes back to just you know believing in what you're doing. Yeah. And just doing, doing that kind of thing. Yeah. It's sort of... It's, it's great. It's just quite... It's simpler that way. Yeah. So, so how do you find... Because, um, again, uh, a lot of your work initially w- w- would be quite a solitary experience um, mm. of making it wise. How have you found working with MCs? I mean, you worked with Ch- a Childish Gambino. Yeah. You've worked with a lot of some good people and uh, apparently some MCs on the... <coughs> On the new record as well, is yeah. That the case? So there's, uh, there's Riff Raff. Oh, wicked! He's on the new record. Wow. And um, and Soul Sonic Force. Amazing. As well, I went in the studio with them. That was cool. That's awesome. How was? I need to ask how Riff Raff was because he's a, 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 a peculiar. So Riff Raff, we didn't. So and for Charles Cambino as well, it was over email. Oh, essentially. that's cool. Yeah. We've met and we've kind of here. I've talked about stuff. Yeah. And then it remains a solitary experience. I mean, I I always. I keep it that way. I yeah. kind of like, if I'm going in the studio with someone, <clears throat> have an idea of what I want to kind of get out of it, get all my parts. And then send them on their way. And then, yeah, then take it back. Take yeah. it back to my, like, hotel room, put my headphones on, and then do my work that way. I think that's just, perfect. Yeah. I think that, that's kind of how I've... Like, I've only had one or two experiences working any other way, because I think... Because otherwise you've got someone over your shoulder yeah. who, in reality is working with you because you, cause you know what the fuck you're doing, so it's no use them watching every change and mistake and, uh, you know, and back and forth and development. And it's like um, you can't truly be yourself when there's someone else there. Yeah. yeah. I think that's true for, unless, like, you've obviously been with your wife for 50 years yeah, and it's yeah, kind yeah, of gone yeah, past yeah. that point. You can never truly be exactly who like you are yep. if there's someone else witnessing it because it does meant it like you know psychologically yep. changes the way you approach it as the same with being creative i ag- agree completely <coughs> i think even with with close f- friends or even in in a relationship there's yeah. certain elements that you like you, you you may as a gentleman choose not to fart 
yeah. when you're sitting there with your missus. That, yeah. that doesn't make you a bad person, but that, that does mean you're not being your whole that's a, that's a choice, entity you know, it, at that it, moment. It's, it's not a yeah. primal thing. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like, well, I feel like being creative and doing all that stuff, you know, it can be primal. And it's yeah. best is when it's primal. It's that kind yeah, of just of sort of... I have kind of got into, like, method method acting, I guess, right. when I'm producing. So, like, when I'm trying to record some vocals and they're punk, I'll, you know, I've got a leather jacket down there now. Perfect. Like, put it on, get into it, and be a punk. I'm like, right, this is what I am, this is what I've lived, yeah. and then deliver my vocals that way because it's like that's awesome. if, if that's what i'm trying to capture i've got to be that and i have to deliver that kind generally of thing. it makes a difference yeah the amount really of, of vocals i've nailed are when i've put my cap on so i've sat there without a cap on and done a few takes and then just yeah. popped a cap on and or put my hood up or whatever and you just feel more in that moment and yeah it's valid it was like yeah when i was with these guys like this needs to be the moment where you deliver the final line and you drop the mic. Yeah, yeah. So I was just making them actually do it. Yeah, I was making wicked. them actually just pretend to drop the mic. Yeah, so like, don't that. actually drop the mic. <laughs> yeah, hold on to it. Yeah. Should, I yeah. should have given him a fake mic yeah, yeah, yeah. to drop. Yeah, a prop but mic. yeah, I'm a firm believer in that. I want, something I, I want it. to build in my studio is a big, you know how you get those big pop shields that come around the mic? Yeah. Like your classic mattress setup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get loads of monitors, like LCD screens that really wrap around the booth. So I can put on any visual that I want. So yeah. if you're creating a big festival hype track, you put on a, a festival. That's kind awesome, of, yeah. No, or I if you that. want to do something spooky, you know, you put on a spooky backdrop or something yeah. like that. Something so you can really involve yourself in the process a bit more. I love the idea of that. I think it's it, it's, it's definitely, I think, one of the hardest things can be being in that right zone and in, in that right place. I still feel every <coughs> record I've done has been finished a few months after releasing it and touring it, you know, actually being out yeah, there in front yeah, of the yeah. crowd, it's like, yeah, right, definitely. I know I've nailed that, that vocal so much better than I ever did in the studio yeah, because I'm out here in the right, in the right situation. Which kind of like, it's a, uh, many, many friends that are drum and bass MCs, but it's incredibly rare to have a good drum and bass MC recording, like yeah. studio track. Yeah. The studio track's never that great because to really capture that vibe, you know, yeah. they're, have, they're there in the rave yeah, and that's completely. what they're doing. So to try and, because whenever you get, like you hear a drum and bass MC who's gone into a studio, they talk that little bit quieter. Yeah. You can tell yeah. they're spitting that little bit less. Yeah. They're a bit less sweaty than a normal. It's like all that stuff that just detracts Takes from the performance. So much of it away or, yeah. or again, more <coughs> consciously trying to nail every line specifically or whatever is the same with spoken word i don't think yeah. i've ever heard a spoken word album that was a studio album that i've enjoyed oh, i've really, heard tons yeah. of stuff that's a live recording and stuff like that that has that atmosphere and you're they're working off the crowd but yeah stick someone in a studio and they just talk and it's kind of yeah. un, un, unless unless you're embracing that unless that's <coughs> part of the, the construct but yeah it's not well, unless one. you've got that sort of that i don't know like at the fringe festival kind of yeah. like image on your lcd monitors or, or, or polar bear did one where he did it and he told the story at the start of the album. He's like, I'm recording this um, in my room. I've just put my kid to bed. I've got a cup of tea. I'm just going to try and remember as many of my pieces as I can because yeah. I've never put them down. And in that context, it worked perfectly because it was 
it was there. Like you could hear him taking a, a swig of tea every five minutes yeah. and things like that. But yeah, in general, if you want that 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 epicness, it needs it needs it to needs, be alive. Yeah, it's kind but of yeah. I love the idea of the monitors to method to me- take you there. Method recording. I love it. I'm sure it exists, but maybe I'm just coin that phrase. Yeah, Let's it's yours it. now. Yeah, well, I do it like I have a thing now when I'm working on build-ups where if I basically I scream along with the build-up. So yeah. it's like, dun, dun, dun. and then they go, and at a point where I start feeling uncomfortable is the point that the build-up needs to ramp up more. Yeah, I keep doing it until I can sit there on my own, two in the afternoon, shouting in my studio, and I don't feel self-conscious Brilliant. because the music's like helping me do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like jumping around, bouncing around. If I, I stand up when I'm listening for a track, when I'm finishing it, and if I'm not dancing by the end of it. Even if I've heard it fifty, yeah. hundred times, it's not working. Something needs to ramp up it's, there, it's, kind of thing. It's why I'm currently a building of my st- studio now, and it's only for vocals. But I love the idea of recording on my own, yeah. of no one else being there, of jumping around, of going <clears throat> yeah, nuts, of not that. having. Because again, if I'm doing it in the studio or with other people, there's going to be a level of self consciousness that isn't going to be there if I'm, you know, if I'm. Oh, when I'm practicing for tour in my yeah, living room, yeah, I give probably the best performance of the whole tour, yeah. despite no crowd, because you're that loose and that much, you know. Well, it's that classic um, idea of like a bedroom DJ yeah. who's there and he's putting his hands up to the wall. Yeah. And he's performing to the wall, giving his performance. It's like the the idea that he's just a bedroom DJ, I think, does that doesn't need to exist because it's like I do that yeah I'm sure Gare does that yeah like we all do that yeah we're yeah, all bedroom yeah. DJs but it was that that attention to detail and that kind of passion for becoming really involved in what we're doing yeah that took us to the next step I think yeah, it's like when you're embarrassed you got to get over that because if you're yeah. embarrassed as DJing in your bedroom to your one mate when there's a hundred people there like what are you gonna do then yeah when it's 500 then a thousand it's yeah. kind of like you got to get over that and it's kind of it's been a really strong thing for me. I'm a really introverted guy. Yeah. Like, I love to sort of sit around playing Mega Drive and stuff. But I've had to like learn how to become extroverted and learn what parts of my own personality, you know, do belong there and stuff. Yeah. Places to push myself. Yeah. It's wicked. Which is yeah, completely changed my it's changed my life in that respect, which is something that I never would have done if I'd have stayed you know, playing Ode to Joy on my keyboard. Yeah, exactly. If I hadn't taken any further, I don't know what kind of person I would be now. No, that's amazing. Well, <coughs> we're at the hour mark and there's more stuff I want to get get in. So let's quickly discuss um, kind of how Gold Teeth came about and, and what was a, a, for me there. Um, on my solo record, I'd had Dr. P do a remix. Mm. And it was... No, in fact, me and Dan had him do this a Sick Tonight remix, which is still... My favourite remix of it's all the banger. stuff we've had. He That's killed the first it on track that. I ever heard that had like a tempo switch in it. Yeah, I it was, was just like, yeah. yeah. He nailed it. So, and we chatted a bit, and and I talked to you about a remix, and you beautifully kind of turned around and said, "I'm more up up, up for doing something new at yeah. some point if if you want to." And me and, and Dan were working on on the new record, and he just sent me a rough a beat for Gold Teeth, and I was like, "This feels like this could this could be the one." To fire a back and forth. Yeah, definitely. And then we basically went ahead and did all over email. All just, <coughs> yeah. ch- ch- just, here's this, here's that. Well, I think that worked well for both of us, especially what you're saying about, like, Dan being a bit sort of 
I don't know, tiptoeing towards the idea yeah, and yeah, working yeah, with yeah. another producer. Yeah. I'm the same, like, even though I've been through it and worked with yeah. other producers. Yeah. It's just, it's really nice to have that separation. Have there. your own space yeah. to, to do I actually that. did most of that track, I don't think I've told you, on, in Chicago on the mixing desk that recorded The Wall. Oh, Pink wow. Floyd. Yeah. Damn, that's amazing. Like the actual desk. That's, that's great did. information. Yeah, I didn't know I did that at most all. of the work out there. I did, did most of the, of the writing <clears throat> for that. It's, sitting on a deck chair on my own on Brighton Beach nice. so not quite the same yeah. it's, that's, that, that's quite a span though yeah, of locations fu- of... F- fusing of <laughs> yeah, situations but yeah I mean and it's good I think it, it's good it felt quite quickly <coughs> that all three of us clicked in that we're quite happy to argue over shit mm. if you know what I mean but not in, in not be a personal thing like there was, were certain bits that you thought worked and I wasn't sure yeah. there were bits that I was completely swung on that on first listen I was like because I had the original version in my head, I was like, I'm not feeling this. And then... Well, that's a demo-itis. Yeah, is yeah. What we call it. yeah. Yeah, that it's, one. It's killer. And then, yeah, it was that good kind of a back and forth and understanding. And, and, and you as well kind of quite brilliantly saying, I think that line needs to be tighter. Like, I, oh, I, I think you can yeah. do, you know, you can tighten that up, you can do this and that. And it's yeah. Like, Oh shit! All right, cool. And you know, that's a, that, in my mind, that's a good thing. I'm, well, I'm like, uh, I I am a perfectionist. I yeah. sort of I try not to think of myself that way. Yeah. But if I notice something and it's bugging me, yeah. like yeah, it has to change. It has to be fixed. If there's no way that that's gonna that's yeah. gonna go out. Basically, it yeah. can it can destroy a song for me. If yeah, there's yeah, one yeah, little yeah. clip or pop change. somewhere. Yeah. I get that. That's awesome. So it's um yeah, it was really good. To, uh, I like to be able to approach it that way. Yeah. And not have you be like, well, that's exactly how I wanted it to yeah, be. Yeah, that's how it's meant to be, so forget it. It's like, <laughs> yeah. all right, cool, you know. So I'll sit there like, okay, <laughs> Let's swallow, it, swallow it down. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bit. yeah. That's perfect, though. Um, <clears throat> so, I mean, before we get on to, because I want to kind of end by talking about a, a, the new record, the upcoming tours, everything that's, that's oh, to right. come. Yeah. But before that, I want to talk about comics for a bit yeah let's get some some comic talking in i've i've, I've had alan moore and warren ellis and some yeah, great people on I'm the podcast so, jealous. so yeah of all that i remember I'd, i think you were one of the people i sent a picture of of a sign thing i got from well, alan moore or something that i was boasting about well, you were telling me about backstage you yeah. said you met but what made it even worse for me was the fact that Stuart Lee, Stuart Lee was there as well. Yeah, I've now had he's, him on the podcast oh, as well. A, he's and a it was hero. Just, he's like an absolute hero of mine. He's He was, at the time, the most <clears throat> nervous I'd had on a podcast because really? I've met him a couple of times, but always very much aware that I'm the fanboy, not mm. 100% sure, aware that he knows who I am, but not sure if he knows much more than that. So, And again, his whole persona on stage is quite gr- grumpy <laughs> and yeah, moody. So yeah. he came on and was just the friendliest and loveliest guy in the world. It's okay, like, yeah. All right, wicked. I'd like to, yeah, get him, him along to one of my shows. Yeah. I imagine what, yeah, I like sometimes the sort of the fusing of, of worlds. Yeah. Because yeah. it's definitely not for him. Like, I've, yeah, never, yeah, yeah. I've never met him, but I've watched... And yeah, listen to everything that he's done. Yeah, I've got a strong idea that he'll hate every second of it, <laughs> and I want to hear that. I want to yeah. sort of, I want to understand that kind of thing. What do you hate and, about this? And see if there's anything <laughs> he likes about it yeah. as well. Because I feel like, because I'm not uh, sort of a bro EDM yep. DJ. Yeah, like, that's not what I am. I'm a sort of, I love being in a studio writing music and yeah. sort of massively into the classic egotistical, up-your-own-ass, Andy Warhol-style way of looking at the yeah, world yeah, and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. I 
I don't really do that so much with Flux, but I have a personal passion for all that. Yeah. So it's really interesting sometimes when I can, someone's they've just heard bass cannon. Yeah. And all the things that they can assume that I am just because of that one piece of music. Yeah. And yeah, and hearing that and talking to someone, conversing with someone yeah. about that. Because I think that's quite an interesting thing. The, it's, it's one of the, the, the best things as well to just, again, as you were saying, it's that some people <clears throat> will jump to one opinion off of one piece of music. Mm. I'd, it, it'd be nice if that ever happens that you can f- force them to listen to a body of it. Yeah. And then they're fine to hate still after that. If they if they come around and go, yep, no, it wasn't what I thought, but I still didn't like it. So well, it's, cool. it's kind of like I always loved like, you know, the Andy Kaufman approach. Yeah. Of just really where your you know, your life is the is the performance yeah, and stuff yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah, completely. And I just kind of just felt myself embracing that. Yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm the kind of person that wouldn't like bass cannon. Yeah. really like when yeah. I was a kid <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I've made that and I love yeah. it and I'm just like cool I can see what people would not like about it yeah but I'm like I don't give a shit because it wasn't it wasn't done in that world it wasn't done in that space yeah and that's what kind of makes me like it more I love it that's what makes me really like the it's kind of the dubstep scene in general it's what made it feel punk yeah because it because it kind of wasn't punk the music was like if you meet Dr. P yeah he's not <clears throat> like a wild party animal no yeah, yeah he's yeah. just like really kind of quite subdued like quite like really quiet yeah and it makes the most outrageous sounds ever yeah and that that to me is like a really beautiful thing i yeah, love, yeah, I, love, I, love that. That. I love that that exists yeah i think that's really cool but it's like if you if you knew what i actually do on weekends when i'm not touring yeah it's, it's, like, it's nothing I, I like the perceptional idea people of like oh, the man, creator I can't, of bass can't, can't wait to meet you so we can party I'm like, it will definitely not be a party, I'm there afraid. W- there will not be... There might be some conversation, yeah. if you fancy it, but other than that... We can we can listen to Stuart Lee. I love it. And I'm exactly that. the same on that. There's, there's so many people, particularly as I'm off from touring at the moment, people are like, oh, you should just come to to, to this town or that town to, to, just to, to party and that. It's like, no, I can I can watch DVDs at oh, yeah. home. I don't I can, need to go to yours to watch DVDs. I can do that, and I can also not do that <laughs> yeah, as well. That's a valid option. <clears throat> but, but yeah, but, but you're a massive co- comic book fan. Yeah, massive comic what, book fan. What, what are your kind of all time favourites, and what are you reading at the moment? Um, all time favourite series it would be the Sandman, yeah. Neil Gaiman series. Neil Gaiman. And I'm, I'm, I'm lining him up soon oh, to really? come on. I had Amanda Palmer on two weeks ago. Yeah. And he's, yeah, hopefully when he's over, uh, yes, soon, in a few weeks, I'm going to yeah. try and get him on. That, that to me, like, it blew my mind with what kind of comic books are, yeah. essentially, and graphic novels and stuff like that. I need to, I've, I've never read it. Have you never read I, it? I had um, the first <clears throat> big relationship that screwed me up, the girl I was going out with then, yeah, I read it all and was a massive fan of it, and that's okay, kind yeah. of put me off since. But I need to, you know, I'm v- I'm very it's, much over that relationship now, so I need to yeah. need to move on to the Sandman. It's like it's Sandman. like that and Constantine, yeah, and then Lucifer as well. So all of the on. kind of more dark, um, yeah, that's kind of, supernatural. So I wouldn't call them comic books, if yeah. you know what I mean? They're not yeah. they're not really comic books, are they? They're no, just yeah, sort of yeah, like that. yeah, just stories with less words yeah that's how yeah, i like it yeah and some nice pictures in some, some beautiful very, art yeah, what's wrong with very that nice pictures and then all the new stuff like um east of west and saga I love and east all of the west. Kind of, like the the image yeah. sort of takeover image are just kings <clears throat> at the moment saga t- t- 
took me a while to get into just because it was yeah. so hyped and I thought it sounded a bit soft. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially. And, and it's not, but but East of West was one that instantly, the first time, <coughs> the visuals on it are just beautiful. The characters yeah, are amazing and it's just it. it's so just, well written. I've just been reading, yeah, the third one. I'm just about yeah. to finish that one up. But it's like what I'm saying about um, other worlds, like creating other worlds, creating yeah. other universes and, you know, creating... I just love it when a story, when you, you're just thrown in at the deep end and the writer has already created the world. Yeah, and, and, you, and you know there's so much they've created that have, isn't even coming up. And it's like you've just opened a window and you're discovering it. Yeah. It's not kind of like a, just sort of a classic setup where you've got your one character and then he meets someone and then like Labyrinth where, yeah. you know, you're going on the journey with the person. It's like yeah, you open yeah, the yeah. first page. And all of a sudden, there's all these factions and all this stuff happening. Yeah, you've and stepped you, in on it. And you're experiencing that. I think that's really cool. It's kind of... So I really love, like, Brandon Graham. Yeah. The Vancouver-based guy. Because he just... Yeah, his art style is really kind of, um, like, Mobius-esque. Like, the yeah. Inkle. The yeah. Inkle's one as well. That's just this kind of... It just... It's like it had existed before I read it. Right, And yeah. I'm, I'm just catching up with what's going on. I think that's one of the things... That Hickman is really good at uh, doing. Mm. Jonathan Hickman with his his unapologetically complex and introverted yeah. stories, and it, at times it can be hard to to get into and read. But it's like it's very much no. This is how complex this is. Yeah, same, deal with it. Same with um, uh, what's his name? Did the the famous uh, Grant Morrison, the famous Batman? Yeah, run, yeah, yeah. Where yeah, it's yeah. just like it's like ludicrously complicated. Yeah, but then when you get to the end, it's like. If he like rewards you for for keeping up, yeah, if you've managed if you've managed to keep up to this far, yeah. All of a sudden, that last page. I remember like reading the last page of, I think it was one of the Batman and Robins, yeah. And I just remember giggling at the end. It was like a big like reveal, and I was just like, I was just so happy, so happy that yeah. it finally all made sense. Kind I of got thing. there. This, it's like this... I discovered the meaning of life. I was yeah. like, yes, I understand it all now. It's that constant. F- fear though that you're going to go through all that and it not have that yeah, big payoff and that delivery no like, going on all oh, right that oh, okay which, then. which does happen with some books as well yeah like i don't understand this yeah i've really had like, a few <clears throat> so what i like about sandman is because it deals with really complex ideas and really kind of like mind-bending stuff mm. but he delivers it in such a palatable way that yeah. you really don't get lost at any point it's and that i think is the, like yeah, an art form in yeah, itself. Yeah. Being able to deal with really complicated, like biblical stuff, yeah, and make anyone be able to understand it. Yeah, completely. That's well hard. It's yeah. like it's one thing doing the pictures, one thing doing all the writing, but yeah, being able to just create that kind of environment. That's why, yeah, I got massive big ups for for Neil Gaiman. Say hi for me. I will. I will. Have, have, have you read? I, I mentioned this. Uh, when we got into comics in in the Ramesh episode, uh, the Wicked and the Divine. Yeah, just read the the first trade. Yeah, it came out, didn't it? Yeah, I yeah, read the second yeah. One yet. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it. It was another one that I was like, it felt it's that exact <clears throat> th- th- thing of it felt already established. Yeah. I read the first one, I thought I'll get the rest now, and then realised all there is is the first one. It's, yeah, it, it was yeah, one thing that felt oh, this is oh, this is clearly <clears throat> yeah. a classic of a classic series. It's like all oh, right, I've now got to wait. It's got, several months I oh know, right yeah. shit that sucks that is annoying they take ages as well don't they yeah and East of West was the same in that way I think where I'd got into 
Preacher late and I'd got into Transmet late and all of them, it was kind of, you buy one, you can work your way through the whole lot. Yeah, And it's killer yeah. now to be kind of, obviously I've not read everything, but to be a lot of the stuff I'm into being quite up to date. At the it's cutting like, edge of it all. Shit. It's like, yeah. It's just, I've got like the, the new East of West and the new Saga yeah. and the new Wicked and Divine all on pre-order. Yeah, yeah, now. I've got Some all on pre-order like, as well. I'm they will be straight through the door as yeah. soon as they're done. Yeah, just turn up. Yeah, if you could just pop, as soon as you finish with it, just pop that yeah. through my door and I'll get... I found myself going, so I'll get reading. used to go to the comic book store, the Forbidden Planet, yeah. down on Shaftesbury Avenue. Yeah. Like, used to go there every couple of weeks and found myself just getting more and more disappointed and then realising that I had to wait literally six months for the next one to come out. Yeah. And I found myself Tell just me like, about it. yeah, buying so much because I was like, well, I can't waste a trip kind of thing. I went out my show on XFM because it was up the road from that. So I'd be doing that every week and I had exactly mm. that. My comic book collection doubled in the period I was oh, doing right. that radio show because yeah. it was like, well, if I can't get that, I'll try this out. And then it's like, <clears> all right, cool. And then just, yeah, just delving into more and more. Yeah, I think it's one thing people don't sort of understand. Well, it's not like they don't understand about comics. It's uh, a thing that generally kind of surrounds the world of comics is like capes and superheroes mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But that like that to me that that's, that's not even part of it yeah. you know what i mean it's like all the sort of the dark storytelling yeah. and stuff like that it's just it's stuff that i didn't know existed i just thought oh yeah i'll buy some superman stuff i remember walking into the first comic book store and just, it was like so like overpowered by the amount yeah. in there yeah just bought like one batman book yeah. And then as soon as I yeah started discovering all the rest of it, I just haven't really read a superhero thing since. Because yeah. it's such a, <clears throat> it's there's such a like a wealth of all these uh, really awesome ideas. Yeah, completely. That you can discover, and you don't have to read a book as well. Like I'm yeah. not a big fan of reading books. I sort yeah. of like, am I? I read past the point where my brain stopped. Yeah, I'm 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 familiar with that. I try and force myself to do it still in 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 the right, and it's obviously a great joy when you. you you find the right thing. But I always felt, took a lot of solace when Stephen Fry kind of turned around and went, why would you read now when there's so many documentaries and so many oh, right, more, yeah. more easy and palatable ways to take information in when yeah. there's so many podcasts, when there's this and that. And I was like, well, if even Stephen Fry is admitting that sometimes yeah, yeah, it's a bit much, then that's that, that makes me feel a bit less guilty. You think he'd be the prime advocate for reading. Yeah, but it's, again, he was like, well, you know, it is, it is what it is. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, I mean, we should... St- Start to wrap up now. Let's talk more. We touched upon it numerous times so about we, about the new album. We enter the promo phase. Yeah, enter the, the promo phase. Yeah. So is, that, is it September? It's September the fourth. September the fourth. Is what no. we're is what we're saying at the minute. It's exciting. And, and, it's, and uh, how long have you kind of? Oh, what's been the process? It's, um, I kind of I started last year, so it was January last year. Mm-hmm. I was like, right it's time to write an album. It's time to actually yeah. do this. I've tried many times, but it always got cut up into EPs it's, it's and weird singles and stuff like that. It's a successful touring yeah. a producer and DJ that it's one of the things that, <clears throat> as I said, particularly as you're someone who, who likes to release something as they've made it, yeah. because you're going to be wanting to try it out live. So if you try it out live and then it's not available for a year, it kind of loses the moment yeah, and it's, definitely. it's life. So. It's kind of like, for me, it's more about understanding what I actually want to achieve, mm. understanding what Flux Pavilion is. I mean, Flux came out of just making some music and then all of a sudden I had a, a career and a brand there. Yeah. So I've been kind of like creatively stumbling around it, trying out different sounds, trying out different avenues, 
without fully understanding what Flux Pavilion is, you know, like I've yeah. created this monster yeah. <laughs> and I don't really understand it myself. Yeah. So the album process kind of like was that it was like discovering what I, what I had made mm. and then understanding that myself so that I can move forwards with it. Yeah. So the beginning process, I was just writing loads of music and I was like, Oh, the next album I write, I wrote loads of kind of like eighties disco stuff. Yeah. And I was like, yes, this is, this is it. This is my calling. Yeah. And then started working on some really like slow jam sort of chop and screw love songs. Brilliant. I was like, oh, maybe, maybe this is it. This, this is, is what Flux is. And it's kind of like, <clears throat> I still didn't understand until my manager rung me up and said, if you're going to do this, this Frankie goes to Hollywood stuff, you need to be better than Frankie goes goes to Hollywood ever was. Yeah. If you're going to do a David Bowie style, recreate yourself, you need to up him. Otherwise yeah. you're always just going to be second best to him. Yeah. And they're like, what's the, what's the what's use the in that? Yeah. He said, the one thing I don't understand is you are the best person in the world at being Flux Pavilion. Yeah. No one in the world can do it better than you. Yeah. So why don't you just make Flux Pavilion music? Yeah. That's what I thought I had been doing. Yeah. yeah I was yeah, like, yeah. okay, shit actually and I listened back to all of my stuff and all of a sudden realised that there was something in all of my music that I hadn't noticed and it was like a feeling yeah. all of my best tracks they made me feel a certain way they made me feel like I like clenched my fists yeah. like I want to stand on a table and just like yeah dance my ass off yeah. and that I'd been concentrating so so hard on what my music sounded like like what's my new sound What's yeah. my new thing that I was going to try and capture with sound? The And I'd been going back listening to I Can't Stop Me, like, okay, so it's got chords, and let me use that. I'd completely overlooked the fact that my best music, it felt a certain way. Yeah. And it really, the one, the one thing that was the through line to all the stuff I've been, like, all my best stuff, mm. has been this is feeling. Yeah. And then it kind of dawned on me, I guess, that it's that feeling, that that's what the innovative quality was is because that feeling is me having shitloads of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. feeling is me being in the studio, loving what I do. And I was kind of like, well, that's it then. That's all I need to do. Yeah. I need to write an album that feels like that from start yeah. to finish. And, and there can be a difference between... Or, or it can be something that people overlook is making music that you enjoy. Yeah. A, a, a lot of people don't consider that when writing. They try and make music that they're impressed by that or they, that, that they're... That they think other people will yeah, enjoy. and just going, right, actually, this is fucking great fun, this. I mean, oh, I like this. And yeah. again, essentially, you're the one that's going to have to play it and perform it and tour it and yeah, constantly, so you need to enjoy that shit. Like, you need to love it. And that's what, you know, that's what Flux Pavilion is. Yeah. It's my love for electronic music. Yeah. And it's kind of... And it, out of that love and that passion and that feeling came a sound. And then I sort of got stuck on that sound thinking this is it then. Because mm. on the face of it, you'd think, you know, your sound is your sound. Mm. And you wouldn't consider that it doesn't matter what it sounds like. You just have to go by what it feels like, essentially. Yeah. That's not a... You could try, and, try and explain that no. to, to anyone. And I would be like, I yeah, but... I completely understand. But, you know what I'm saying? With my club night, with We Are Lizards, we've never had a music policy and it's really hard <clears> to get across to people because it's like we just book DJs that are going to get a certain kind of reaction and cause a certain kind of a vibe. And, yeah. you know, some of them will be jumping genres every 10 minutes, but people are generally <clears> smiling and dancing. And yeah. that's kind of... 
So that's it. It's you not just, us. You just know. Yeah. It's, it's like gut feeling. I'm it's a, really hard to describe or say. It's like, so what genre is it? Well, just, it's, it's good. Yeah. It's just good. It's good, good stuff. It's good music. Basically. <laughs> so the album's got more four to the floor stuff than I've yeah. ever written in my entire life. Right. And that was not a, I didn't choose that. Yeah. I, li- I just basically sat down and I wrote as much music as was in my head. And then the ones that felt like Flux got on the Flux album. Yeah. The ones that didn't feel like Flux go in that out the folder for later, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just kind of took that that process of like, right, I'm a writer. I should just write stuff. Yeah. And Flux Pavilion is inside of me somewhere. Yeah. I don't know where it is. I can't just turn it on and be like, yeah, oh, I'm yeah. Flux now. I'm not anymore. Yeah. So I should just write loads of music. And then the ones that feel right, they go on the record. That's basically. perfect. And then, yeah, that's what that's what happened, and now it exists. So you're going to be touring it relentlessly. <coughs> and how do you find touring? Yeah. I mean, you've just—I mean, in, I always find again it's that 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 um, allure <coughs> of the, of the slightly unknown or or, or ex- exotic. I've always found your like just images and videos and pictures of you in in Europe and in America as well. Just some amazing crowds, some amazing yeah. stages and stage setups and everything. How do you find that? Again, being someone who isn't particularly a, a raver as such or a yeah. party, so it's kind of so I'm on tour. I'm about to I fly to America tomorrow. Wow. I'm, I'm like always on tour. Yeah, basically, yeah. I I've been on tour now for about five years. I think. Yeah. I was going to say, is there going to be a conscious break and then start of the album tour, or is it just a natural? The <clears> album just works its, its way in. It's kind of like you do your main tour, or like off a project that you're mm-hmm. working on. And then the rest of it's festivals. Because yeah. being a DJ, I've just got a memory stick. So it's kind of like you can plonk me anywhere. Yeah. kind of thing. It's pretty easy, right? And new material, you know, I can write tracks and I can play them that, that evening. Which yeah. is like, for a band, they generally, they go on the tour cycle because they need to, you know, stop, recollect, yeah. write new Tighten music. Up. And Practice. kind of, yeah, and then, then work forwards from there. Whereas being in, like performing electronically, you basically you have the same setup everywhere you go kind of thing. Yeah, it's perfect. So it's a completely different process. So tours for me, when I go on a proper tour, like an album tour, it tends to be like the best of the year. Yeah. I will just experiment awesome. all over the place, do all yeah. sorts of stuff, yeah, play yeah, all sorts of stuff, and then then work out. I was like, right, this Here's is... what I've learned. So yeah, this is now <laughs> Flux Pavilion kind yeah. of thing. It's like, yeah, That's awesome. spend a year being Flux and then work it all out. I'm like, right, this is what I want Here's to achieve. Here's the final polished Yeah, and then, then take that on tour, basically. Amazing. Yeah, which is really cool. It's a cool way of doing it. So, that's awesome. so, so where can people keep up to date with all your all your ongoings? Because I remember a while ago you, you stepped off Instagram and Twitter a yeah. bit just because you were feeling that you... I remember we had a chat about it and you were feeling that you were posting a picture of you out for dinner or something yeah, and you were like, like I'm a was, producer it was, this, just, it was tripe it was just yeah. like meaningless rubbish basically yeah. you're putting your, your life out there when that's got nothing to do with your, it's, your it's, project it helped me make the separation between me Josh yeah. as a, just a writer and Flux Pavilion as a thing that I work on yeah. that I step into sometimes because it's yeah, sort of like it was I posted a vine of me smashing a watermelon somewhere yeah. And then someone posted up saying, "This your vines are shit. And I looked at it, I watched it, I was like, it is actually. That is shit. Like, what <laughs> shit. is this? It's the watermelon. Like, you go on YouTube and type in smashing watermelon. Yeah. And there's millions of videos yeah. like that. I'm yeah. like, that, if I die now, 
my final creative output as Flux Pavilion is just nothing. It means nothing. It yeah. has no value to me, yeah. like, for yeah. what the yeah, message yeah, I want yeah, to put yeah, out yeah, there. Yeah. So I was just like, why am I doing this? What's the point? And kind of took the standpoint of if I want to be posting lots, if I want to be talking lots and engaging with my fans, I need to be doing stuff in the real world. Yeah. I need to be writing music. I need to be playing shows. I need to be... Yeah. Like, if I want to talk about a new sculpture that I've made, I need to actually make the sculpture. Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of, of like sort of taking a step away from, you know, the digital points based, not real world, yeah. and doing actual stuff. I agree, because it's, it's a huge irony that when you're doing the most interesting things, you don't really have time to tweet about it or yeah. Instagram about it. And it's all good, you can then refl- reflect back, but the reality is that normally what you're putting on them things can't be that interesting because you've got time to be doing a tweet yeah, exactly. about it or a, a vine about it or whatever. It's kind of like before, you know, artists, they do stuff. Yeah. And then people would just hear about the stuff. Yeah. Whereas now people are, like artists, they're actually trying to create something so they can post about it. Yeah, yeah. And it's a sort of like... That, it's weird. I fall into that trap all the time, though. Well, yeah, I'm we, guilty we, we of all it, do. You know? Like, the whole world does. It's, yeah. not, it's not just creative people. It's, it's yeah, everyone, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. They're just like, oh, do you want to come out to this this lake for lunch? Like, nah, I'm okay. And then you think, oh, you know what? That would make me look interesting. Yeah, really good picture, actually. <laughs> come on, let's go out and take yeah. a selfie. And then you're sort of... Yeah. You're more addicted to the documenting and showing off of your life than yeah. actually living the life. Yeah. So it's kind of the same... It's more addicted to the idea of documenting and showing off the creative things that you're doing yeah. rather than actually doing creative things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, just yeah. like, I yeah, wanted to step more towards that's, just doing that's things. That's a, a great mindset then to just do stuff to do stuff and then you'll probably have stuff you want to post about because yeah, you're then, doing some interesting shit. So. That's interesting. I always laugh about it with label manager now, like, like content is like crack. Yeah. Now, especially in the promo phase, yeah. it's like yeah, what like, content have we what got? Content what new content? We, yeah. What can we do? We've got to like, yeah, get some content together. <laughs> and yeah, and I'm just sort of like, yeah, I'm going to live my life. I'm going to do interesting things. I'm going to stay really busy, and then we'll just try and document as much of that as yeah. possible. Yeah. And so, that is the content. That is. It's like <clears throat> the content is you're being an artist, basically. Yeah. yeah. So that that's why I stepped away because I just sort of I don't know how to saw something in myself that that's good though. Because it means that now, when you are on there and when you are engaging on it, and when you have got stuff to promote, even because yeah. let's make no mistake, it's the best outlet artists have to get direct oh, yeah, to their fans. I mean, it's 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 a business thing as much <clears throat> as or more than it's a personal thing. So yeah. the good thing there is now, when you are getting back into a promo phase, that you've got interesting stuff to engage people it's, with, and it's not just I've been quiet. Now here's my record. It's kind of like, you know, I was like both of us, we're part of the first generation that, like we were artists just before social media. And then we are the first generation that has actually had this whole new thing. Yeah, just thrown into it. So it's kind of like, sort of, excuse me for using a a, sort of a geeky analogy, but like SimCity. Yeah. First time you ever played a game like SimCity or any kind of like building a city thing. Yeah. You start off, you don't know what you're doing. No. And then you build it and then you start seeing all of your mistakes. You're seeing it because all of yeah. a sudden you're allowed power plants and you're like, oh, I've got nowhere to put my power plants. You yeah, learn all completely. that stuff and then you start a new game. You're excited about <coughs> the, 
the new size house. You put yeah. tons of them up, and but it's yeah. but you're just like, oh man, it's yeah. like, why did I build my roads didn't this know way? What I was doing. But you didn't know what you're doing, yeah. And then you start a new game, and that's your first game, actually. Yeah, it's always you go yeah. for your practice run. No, that's, that's a great, and we've all had our manager, practice yeah. run with it. And I was like, right, it's time to actually sort of just press reset yeah. and start again with this because yeah. the foundation that I've built my whole kind of yeah social media ethos yeah. is a bit wobbly to me I think you thing. should start I think the first thing that you should post on the day of the <clears> album <throat> a drop in those sh- sh- should be you smashing a melon yeah just just as a reference to the yeah. to how far you've come well the <laughs> development album, the album's called Tesla so right, yeah, yeah. I've actually just bought a little Tesla coil Amazing. and a soldering iron so I'm going to build oh, that when it name. arrives so yeah, maybe I should try and mm, I don't know how blow I, up. Yeah, blow up. How do you blow up a watermelon with Tesla coil? With electricity. Yeah, I don't know. You have to learn. Yeah. And again, at least the the beauty there, all, and all joking aside, and this is us <coughs> putting far too much thought into this shit. But the beauty there would be that if you do do that, then you that previously posted a pointless post of you smashing a watermelon, yeah. and now you've posted a genuinely interesting and that wouldn't be a shit vine. That'd no, be a great vine. It'd be an awesome vine. But then it would also it would give stock and weight <laughs> to that initial shit vine. Yeah, the yeah. initial one would become better now because it all of a sudden put it back because it'd be the building it's block. In, it's in context. Yeah. all of a sudden. Well, there we go. That's perfect. Well, yeah. Obviously, people can find you on tw- on Twitter and yeah. Instagram it's and Twitter, all that kind Instagram of thing. Instagram and Facebook. It's all like Flex Pavilion and Circus Records as well. It's normally like circus underscore records and stuff like that. Google, Google, Google will take Google you there. Google is the best. I often, yeah. again, I often cringe at people on the radio giving long introverted web addresses and all sorts. Yeah. So if you've got Google, you can find it. I used to write hip hop, like sort of light hired Mr. Scruff style hip hop. Yeah. And that was what Flux Pavilion was. Yeah. And then I started writing dubstep and I made a new Facebook and it was the, the darker side of Flux Pavilion. And... Dr. P used to laugh at me all the time and like, oh, what's your MySpace? I was like, like forward slash the darker side. He's like, dude, you need to just can the lighter side yeah, and just yeah. become Flux Pavilion with this. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, yeah, that's it was yeah, becoming quite strenuous do that. doing that. Well, perfect. Well, thank you very much for chatting. And yeah, look, I, I look forward to the album and yeah. live and everything. It's, um, yeah, so do I. Actually, this is the album that I've always wanted to write and yeah, well excited about it. Perfect. Well, thank you very much. And I'll talk to you soon. Cool. Pick up. You've been listening to Scroobish Picks, the Scratched and Pieces. There we go. What a lovely guy. Um, I love it when this podcast that I genuinely feel that even if you've never heard of the dude or have no interest in electronic music or whatever, it's still an interesting podcast and you're still going to get enjoyment out of it and pleasure and, uh, and, and, and learn a thing or two, maybe. Um, thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, a good way to keep supporting us, as I say every week, is to download and subscribe subscribe and set to automatic download in fact that's even better it really helps us have a load of hits at once and jump up the chart and thus get more exposure podcasts are really an exposure game at the moment because they're free um number one most uh, no not most actually there's a lot that have, have got budgets independent podcasts i like my own don't have marketing budgets but when people do hear about them they're, they're often are willing to take a risk on them because they're free because of that exact nature so yeah it's a good thing to do also 
keep telling your friends about it. It's amazing how we, we're growing and, and growing. We're r- regularly getting over 100,000 downloads a week, which, again, is crazy considering the kind of things we discuss, the often serious subjects, the fact that it's 60 to 90 minutes rather than a 10, 15 minutes soundbite. It's at odds with everything logical, but you, you're all doing a great job of pushing us out there and spreading the word. Uh, the fact that episodes like part two of the Gail Porter podcast or the, Edit- or the Eddie Temple Morris episode, the fact that things like depression and serious and dark and often avoided issues are being a, a listened to by an audience bigger than Wembley Stadium is a beautiful thing. Um, and the more you spread this, the more we kind of and again not just my podcast i recommend tons of podcasts i've mentioned the mark maron podcast on on last week's episode um you know i recommend the joe rogan podcast i'm a big fan of the fighter and the kid at the moment there's loads of good podcasts out there but the more these podcasts and that kind of build their audience the more we have a broader free media kind of information can be got out there. There's these outlets for people to tell their stories and talk about serious and interesting subjects that aren't just kind of restricted by the boundaries of our modern um, owned or politically driven media. Uh, So yeah, it's interesting. I'm starting to rant, so I'll end it there. Thank you very much for tuning in. We will be back next week as ever, Wednesday or Tuesday night, kind of midnight, like when, like when it's like, if you're sitting there and it's Tuesday and then you're suddenly like, oh no, it's Wednesday now. That's, that's when the podcast comes out. So yeah, check it out. I've been Scroobius Pip at Scroobius Pip on Twitter and Instagram, facebook.com slash Scroobius Pip. Until next time, ta-ta. Scroobius Pip.